I'm Adam Mattis. And I'm Peter Martin. And this is the You'll Hear Podcast. Good to meet you, Adam. How you doing? Hey, we've met before, buddy. Oh, we, we have. We've okay. done about 160 of these <laughs> Oh, daily jazz advice coming at you. Yeah. Thank you. I wouldn't know what to do if you didn't tag it with that. Coming at them. <laughs> so today we're going to listen to a, uh, as you like to call it, a voicemail, I believe, or a voice it message. It is a voice message. <laughs> a voice memo from one of our customers. Uh, so let's listen to, this is from... Uh, I believe it's from Tom. Tom. Okay, so let's take a listen. Hey, guys. I really like the podcast. Um, I was wondering if Peter could elaborate on his comment about the percentage of piano playing being mental. I studied classical pianos, who did lots and lots of exercises for my fingers, and... I think he is right, but I was wondering if he could expand on that. Maybe he could do a whole episode on the mental aspect versus the technical, physical aspect. Okay, thanks. Really enjoying it. And uh, keep it up. Cool, great. Thanks, Tom. Um, that's a great question. And I think what, what he's referring to is you said that uh, you know playing piano or playing jazz is 90% mental i think that was a percentage you used yeah i'd like to actually change that i'm going to go with 88 percent because i've been doing some analysis of this you're nothing uh, (laughs) if not precise yeah so i i think that i I think that you know the more i learn about the instrument of, of piano and about jazz and about improvising and about this art form um i think all these different things are kind of Related and, and yeah, it's not about if it's 90 or 92 percent or 88. The whole thing is it's overwhelmingly mental. Um, now, but I, I do think that there's a continuum of this and it, it does change. Uh, I guess the continuum doesn't change, but it's, <laughs> over time, this changes. Like when you're learning to play the piano, when you're learning to physically handle the instrument, when you're learning, um, you know, the basics of finger independence, of, of independence of the hands, of fingering, of volume, of control, all these things that come together to just be the basic building blocks of technique of the instrument, then it is a physical thing more than a mental. Um, But there's always that mental aspect that's there. And then as you get closer to mastering the instrument, not that we ever 100% master the instrument, but as we get more familiar with the instrument and more comfortable and confident in our piano technique, I believe the, the mental aspect becomes more important to our development. Well, you know, I, honestly, I think the mental aspect is important the entire way. Even when you're developing your physical skills, it takes real mental fortitude to to be uh, to have the grit and the determination to keep up with that. Because the physical stuff, when it's not there, when you don't have that together, it gets frustrating. Yeah. You know, you hear people that can do stuff you can't do. It feels clunky when you're trying to. Remember that feeling of? I mean, for oh, me, yeah. there's still many things that feel like. Oh, yeah. Completely unnatural. I'm like, why can't I do that? I just don't play those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it takes like real mental resolve to get through that. I remember when I was a freshman in high school, I was in the marching band. I played drums in the marching band. Oh, yeah, and, me too. And there was a guy who was a senior, and uh, I don't know if it was because I was young, but he also, he was one of these guys who was like 40 years old when he was 15. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> old soul. Old soul, like had a full beard and all this <laughs> stuff and just... Yeah, had had the vibe of an of a middle aged guy. Was his name was... Benjamin Button by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was like seventeen. He probably had a holding down a union job somewhere, you know, in high rich family. That's right. Yeah. No, but I remember uh, he was uh, our, our lead snare drummer in the marching and the drum line. Yeah, 
and he was playing some kind of really cool like technical rudiment or whatever and he was like we couldn't get it and he was like you know the only difference what 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 is it about why i'm doing this uh, that that it sounds great and you're doing this and you can't do it is it my hands is it my wrists what is it look at it and i was like oh i don't know it's your wrists or whatever and he was like no no it's all between your ears it's all your head hmm. you know it's it's a mental thing that you don't have that that's what it takes you know to to let, get it to click you have to have the mental game together to develop that and then as you said you know i think once you get older it becomes even more of a mental game yeah you know, performance is a whole other mental game i think yeah. there's the mental game of learning and then there's the mental game of performing right right yeah well that's i think that's a good distinction because the mental game of that's directly applicable to developing technique at the instrument at the piano uh in the, in this case is um very very much i think related to getting past certain barriers and certain milestones as you build up your technique. The mental game of becoming an artist and creating something um, and using the technique and the craft part and the tactics and all that, you know, in the service of something bigger, that's a whole nother kind of a mental game. But I love this idea of always thinking and, and giving giving the props to the mental part of it because it, it's, it's the easiest thing is to get sort of... Um, caught in the weeds of the technical aspects of the instrument yep. or of the theory like this scale your own physiology you know like yeah yeah and i'm like oh i'm not feeling it today and all that kind of stuff and that all directly relates into the mental game so i think you know one of the things that i've developed that's been most useful over the years for me at, at all different stages of my development was this sort of thought of when you're performing you know, be it on a gig, uh, in a, performing for your boyfriend or girlfriend, your spouse, or just playing for yourself, mm -hmm. practicing performing, is, you know, trying to develop the mental fortitude to relax and be comfortable with wherever you are as a player. So that includes your technique, your, your ear training, your understanding um, of repertoire, of everything, like being happy and content with you, who you are. And I know this sounds very self-helpish. It's like, I am somebody. I'm looking yourself in the mirror. No, man, it's a big part of it. But it really is because then you're able to, um, you know, leverage the mental game, I think, to the maximum for your performance. Because one thing about it is, is like we are where we are in terms of, you know, our ear training or our knowing the tunes we want. Um, or what our technique is, how fast we can play. But your mind, and that's sort of more the, the physical and the more mundane, your mind is the thing that can kind of surprise us. So if you're able to really concentrate and let all that other stuff go and be like, I am who I am, I'm comfortable, I like this, I, let, let me just see what happens. It's amazing when we put our minds to something, what we can achieve. We can actually kind of um, outrank ourselves and yeah. what our level is if we let that be the barrier. And I think about, you know, for, for myself, getting involved with um, running and kind of long distance. I mean, not ultra long distance running, but longer than You're like gonna five You're going to get there eventually. Yeah. You're going to get I mean, bored with the park. Yeah. But I mean, that whole thing, I, I never really thought it, that was just more about sort of fitness and getting out into nature and enjoying different places I traveled. But I'm sort of seeing a lot of parallels and lessons that I've been able to bring to music. And that one, one thing is like, if you're a runner, any kind of athlete, you are who you are in any particular day. Now you can become something else, and, but we all have whatever our physical limitations are, or at least where we start. They can be developed a lot. And you know, certain athletes develop to a very high level and they use performance and enhancing drugs to develop to an even higher level, you know, if you yeah. can afford it. But I mean, the whole thing is that you are, every time you go to do a run, you are where you are physically. But the mental 
mental aspect of running can propel you further than, I don't know about performance-enhancing drugs. That can probably work well. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but, I mean, but beyond the training that you would be able to do unless you just had a whole slew of professional trainers and you're in the gym all the time and everything. Right. And so it's like once you accept, okay, this is where I'm at, but then you kind of surprise yourself sometimes. And that's why I think people get into, oh, I was really feeling it this day. Right. Were you feeling it or were you like kind of able to concentrate in the weather and you felt good about yourself and you were able to put all your doubts to the side? Maybe it was more of that. Yeah, see, I mean, that, that to me is the key. Uh, is that mental attitude of like, oh, I was really feeling it that day, to be able to carry that over to every time. Yeah. Of, of knowing that it's not you were really feeling it that day, that, that really it was just you were comfortable. Yeah. You know, you were comfortable with yourself. You were happy, not happy, but you were accepting of where you were, like you said, in this process. Yeah. And then just be able to be free. And if you don't think that this mental attitude of performance makes a difference, think about a great young player that you know. Anybody listening, think about like a really great young high school player, teenage player, jazz player that you know, and they probably don't know as much as you do about jazz. It's possible that they don't, but right. they, they might sound better than you, and it's because... No, impossible. <laughs> no, 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 not, not you, man. Oh, I know I'm looking cool. at you Woo, and pointing sorry. right at you. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like they're, young, they're great young players that you can hear them for a chorus and be like, they're going to be really, really great. Yeah. And it's because they already have this mental attitude together, even though they don't know all the material. Yeah. They're comfortable with themselves as people first. Right. And that's a big advantage. So, you know, the <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work, but like if you can kind of get yourself together in that aspect, as importantly, um, you know, put put as much importance on that as, as, you know, any kind of voicings you might learn or whatever. Right. You know, you, you can get away with knowing shell voicings and still sound pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, absolutely. With the right mental attitude. Yeah, and I think that the the this speaks to the the concept of the mental game versus the physical um, being a shifting thing too. Like when we're practicing the mental game, then the physical and how those interact is different than when we're playing. I think that we both kind of believe, and I, I see this with a lot of really good players that. Um, we have to pay a lot of attention to getting ourselves into the space when we perform where the positive attributes of our mental game can really become a force, mm -hmm. or at least that there's a possibility of that. And I always think about like Keith Jarrett is such a great example of this. I mean, everybody thinks he's such a, you know, kind of prissy um, jerk the way that he demands everything be perfect at the I mean first of all a lot of that I think is probably exaggerated or they put together these stories but it's yeah. like the piano has to be perfect the audience has to be perfect he can't have certain people backstage and all that and maybe he overdoes it a little bit but I think it's it's all about he understands and knows that if all the things can be taken care of that would possibly distract from him and his trio being able to concentrate, and that's really what we're talking about in terms of mental capacity, I think, having that concentration, being in the moment, not worrying about anything except creating and letting the kind of spirit come to you and just letting it come out of your instrument. And he has such great technique, and they have such a great you know, rapport, such great repertoire. And so, I mean, it kind of makes sense that you want to have everything perfect so that it doesn't get in the way of that the, the mental and, and artistic capacity that they have. Yeah, he could take it to the extreme because he's Keith Jarrett and he can get away with that. But, you know, you should try to take it to as extreme as you can get away with to yeah. make yourself into this zone. Uh, and then there's, there, I think there are a couple different, you know, um, ways like we were talking about performance and practice. There's the mental game of, of standards and, and your choices, right, of of decisions that you make as an artist, not as a pianist or a, a instrumentalist or a musician, but like as an artist that, you know, your standards of saying no to things, your standards, whether that's like, um, 
no to playing a certain way or no to playing certain venues or certain people or whatever. Uh, and then there's the performance standard, which should be, I, I think, completely open. You know, you should have very high, strict standards for yourself in practice and then let that all go in performance. And hopefully those standards have kept up and you're comfortable, you know, but you feel free. Right. Absolutely. All right. This was fun. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't Tom. know if it was fun, but it was productive. No, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was cool. Thanks a lot for the question, Tom. Please, everybody keep the questions. We, we want the questions, right? We love the, the questions. questions are great. Yeah. You love the voicemails, especially give some voicemails to Adam and he's got a empty uh, TDK Never cassette stops. sitting it's in like there. It's like this 24 seven with him. <laughs> He's, he's waiting on that. Um, so please, as always, give us a rating or review. Yep. Seven stars. What? <laughs> what? And, um, you know, we've got a couple of countries. Canada's doing pretty good. Can I read a, a, one of our reviews from Canada? From our yeah. Canadian brothers Go and sisters? Um, this one is... Oh, no, I read that one already, so i got to do a different one. This is a short one from Audio Tim. Um, and this is... He says... Five stars, always inspiring. Thanks, guys. After hearing the show, I always want to get practicing. Hey, that's awesome, man. We are that's inspiring. Really Audio Tim. Tim, thank you so much for that. Um, uh, we love you up there in Canada. And uh, please leave us a rating review on uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. I mean, okay. you could even, if you want, you could leave us a review like on a, on a bus station uh, you know, just, uh, on a coffee shop, just post <laughs> just something. That's old school, right? That's there. old school reviews. But yeah, yeah. you know, uh, if you're right for your local newspaper, yeah, yeah, feel free to review this podcast any way you see fit. And you know what? We're about to step this thing up, so we want to start getting you guys ready. We want to have even more interaction. So we want to. We've been playing around with our Twitter and Instagram for Open Studio. So if you hit us up there, we are now. I don't even know if you know this, Adam. Do you know what we are on Open Studio is and the You'll Hear It podcast is on Twitter. Our handle, as they say. It wouldn't be uh, Hey Open Studio. It's Hey it? Open Studio because we want people to say Hey Open Studio. I like that. So go to at uh, Hey Open Studio on Twitter and uh, tell us any of your questions or just say Hey. Same thing on Instagram. And we're going to have some goodies coming to folks. We're going to start interacting with people on the social media world, maybe even some free giveaways, stuff like that. Like Things it. I'm not even authorized to say yet. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Coming soon. Cool. So uh, we'll see you tomorrow. You'll hear it.